Good morning, you beautiful people. How in the hell y'all doing today? I'm doing all right, thank you. Did you compliment yourself today? Did you cast out your emotional poisons? Hmm? Well, before I get into today's stuff, I just want to warn y'all in case y'all knew. I cuss. And I mess up more words than your three-year-old son, little cousin, or nephew. Get over it. I also want to let you new viewers know, I'm very in tune with my God. And yes, I am smoking this blunt as I am talking to y'all. No, I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel about it because this is my life and my stories. So... Y'all stay tuned in and let's get to it. I feel like I got to catch some of y'all up. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of y'all won't understand where I'm going until you understood where I've been. And some of y'all won't get to see where you need to go or understand how to get there until you realize what exactly you got to go through. You don't get testimonies without test. You can't have deeper faith without situations that make you worry. You feel me? So in order for me to get to where I want to go with y'all, I need to take y'all back to where it started. And I broke this down into three parts. Finding God, knowing God, and undeniable faith in God. This is for me. Some people believe in man. Some people believe in energy. Some people believe in God. Some people believe in just a higher power or calling. I don't care what you believe in. What I care is that you fully believe if you want to go far. If you decide you want to believe in a God that I believe in, power to you. My God is a God of all gods. It ain't no man. It ain't no woman. But if I give it a pronoun, don't take offense to it. Sometimes my God comes in many forms that look like a man and look like a woman and look like a grandparent. It may even look like a spirit animal. But the point is, my God is my God. And who you serve or what you serve or believe in is on to you. Now that we got that out the way, chapter one, finding God. Now, granted... Most black households are going to grow up or are instilled with God from an early age. Either your parents or usually your grandparents are going to take you to church. So you, you got a menu from junk, right? Right. Usually. Kind of. Whatever. Well, my grandparents picked up all the grandchildren and took us to church. So God was in me from an early age. My household was not shy of God. Or the conversations of you better pray to Jesus about that because we all grew up in a church. But I will not lie and say that through my early years in life up till right after high school, did I say I put God first? Did I understand what it meant to be blessed? Did I understand when somebody say, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. No, I didn't understand that and I really didn't care. I remember my auntie one Christmas gave me a knife set and she said, Ooh, 
I wanted to bless you with this knife set. And I remember in my mind saying, why couldn't she just say she gave me the knife set? Why I got to be blessed? She is like super church. Oh, that is so crazy. Anyway, who I am today appreciates the blessing in the knife set. No, I don't still have it. But I appreciate the blessing in the knife set because when you change your perspective, when you change your outlook and your mind frame, that simple thing right there, tuh, stay with me. I'm going to take y'all somewhere, I promise. All right, so, grew up and God is instilled in you. I believe in order for you to know where I'm going or for you to even be able to relate, you have had to have your God moment. Some people believe in God but don't have faith. And some people have faith in whatever it is they think they have faith in, but don't truly believe in it. That's not my concern. One year, my papa got sick. And in that moment, I found God. The way my family came together and the way that things were mended that had been broken for years, God truly revealed itself to us to me finding god is a quick story because i feel like everyone finds their own in their own time everyone has their coming to moment rather whether it be almost losing your life watching somebody else go or maybe it was the relief of the world coming off your back. I don't know what, what each person's story or situation may have been, but you have to look for that higher calling in order to have your, your moment. And once you have that moment, everything else makes sense. Unfortunately, I, I can't, tell you what moment it is or where it happened but maybe you could look back and re and realize that was the moment after you hear my story and and maybe it will change your perspective maybe you hadn't had it yet or maybe you was never really looking but either way it go once you have your coming to what is a coming to moment that like i said that coming to moment is that moment where you realize god or that higher power is all you have okay that coming to moment is going to be where the difference between having faith and having faith. You know what I'm talking about? No, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But when you have that coming to moment, catch up to me, dog. All right, part two. Nah, I can't give you part two yet. So I found God. Once I start changing my ways and my perspectives and my and my the way I said things and I manifested different things into things start really changing and it made me look back like okay I I could do this so I found God part two comes in and it and it wasn't like a like a part part one was still happening as part two was happening if that makes sense 
So I know God at this point, and now I'm ready to move to a new city. And I'm and I chose Dallas. And <laughs> to be honest, I think I moved to Dallas with maybe just a couple thousand dollars to my name. I'm moving down with some some chick I'm talking to, and I don't even know where I'ma work. I don't know what I'ma do. So at this point. All I got is J. Cole, Dollar in a Dream. I'm I'm on my it's me and God. I I pray, you know, he got me. God got me. I don't know. I know God. They say God is real, but I I don't know. So part two is coming in of finding God. Finding out for myself if you must. So y'all, this is where it get good. So if you gotta go to the bathroom, I suggest you go now, okay? Because this finding God, psh, listen, I didn't have my come to moment. But this like really understanding how good God is. Listen. All right, Pete. So I moved to Dallas. I'm staying with this female. And I ain't got nowhere to stay. I mean, I ain't got nowhere to work. I got to get up and make it move. What they say, faith without, faith without work is dead. Plan to work, work the plan, the plan will work, whatever, whatever saying you want to incorporate right here. I know I had to get my ass up and find a way, find a barbershop. So I got up and Dallas has this dart system, it's the train. I've never rode a city bus, but I can figure it out if I need to. So I got on the train and I hit every side of town. Do you hear me? Every color train system that had, I rode from one end to the next and I got off at every stop and I walked. Finding barbershops, calling barbershops, walking in, asking, and it led me to the hood of Dallas. I walked into one barbershop, and it'd be an older white man in there, and he was like, mm, no thank you, as soon as he looked at me. Okay, whatever. I walked into a barbershop across the street. Well, I walked into a building across the street, and they said that this building... There was a barbershop in. Long story short, it was a bazaar that I'm walking into. For those that don't know what a bazaar is, it's like a huge swap meet inside of a mall, if you must, okay? But anyway, so I walk into this thing, and the first thing I hear is this barber yell, Yeah! And whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, I just, I just turned around. I... I knew that the vision that I had for myself, my clients could not walk in with no ghetto-ness going like that. And again, sometimes I'm not opposed to ghetto-ness. It just wasn't the business that I wanted my shop, my business to, not saying this is my business, but it, didn't, it isn't what I wanted to start training myself to be around, if that makes sense. You feel me? You do become the environment you are around. I don't care what no one says. So, I left. I walked up the street and I found another barbershop. And at this point, this is probably my 15th, 17th barbershop we're walking into, no exaggeration. And I see a single black older gentleman sitting there, tall, buff dude with goals in his mouth, reading the Bible. Oh, this is it. It's, it's a little hood. But it got God in here. The first sign I see, oh, I'm, I'm at home. This I can do this. So I asked the young man if he's waiting. Well, you know, 
young man. I asked the young man if he's interested in a barber. I'm new in town. I don't have much. I'm just trying to get my feet wet, etc., etc. And he says, let him pray on it. He's going to talk to his mentor and he'll get back at me. But most likely he probably, he, he could use another barber because he got some other things going on as well. And he got two, two beauticians in there. And he's the only, as a matter of fact, he is a licensed cosmetologist. So he's not even a barber. But so I say, okay, thank you. So I take this as a stride. I take this as a, I could breathe for a second. So I end my search for the day and I go back to the house. The next day I get up and I do the same thing. You never know. I can't stop. So I, I'm on my search in another part of town and he calls me and he says, um, I'm going to do it. Now, before I get to this next part, I want y'all to know I'm probably down to my last $100. I kid you not. I bullshit you not. It costs to ride this dart every day. I got to eat. The person I'm staying with, I'm trying to contribute when and where I can. So he tells me I can do it. I'm going to charge you $60 for your first two weeks, and then we'll go up from there on your booth rent. Haircuts are $10 a haircut. I say, okay, thank you. After I made it home that day, I'm down to my last... $80. So he needs 60 of it. Takes 10 to get me to to and from on the dart. So I get there the next day. I'm setting up and of course it's a tradition when you start a new barbershop, usually the bar the owner will be your first haircut. Give me a smooth little $20 bill. Just because, you know, he trying to bless my game and I'm grateful. I worked at this barbershop for two and a half months. Cutting no more than two to three people a day. I started beating myself up mentally. I'm not good enough. Why they want me? What, what? What what am I going to do? This dude is sitting here cutting circles around me. Designs, shags, you name it. He he is doing his thing and I'm just sitting here. I'm talking about I'm so broke when they come in sharing food, asking do I want some? I don't even want to accept it cuz I ain't got nothing to give back. Like I am broke. But anyway, I keep going. I keep going and I'm out there handing out little flyers I made and doing what I got to do. And now I'm talking to God like this ain't it, Lord. I didn't want to move to Texas to work head for head. I don't I don't want to be here struggling like this. Help me. Help me, God. And so something told me to start looking. And whole time I knew about a barbershop in the suburbs. And one day I tried to ride out there and find it, but it was kind of, it was off the, 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 the bus line completely. It was like in the suburbs. So I, I couldn't even find it. I was close, but I didn't know which way to go. Um, but I knew about this shop. It was the owner of a, of a family friend, long, long time family friend, but I didn't want to go there because I felt like 
it was going to be like a handout. I, I didn't want, you know, family checking in like, you know, hey, she not doing. No, I didn't want that. I wanted to be grown. I wanted to do it myself. So I, I just wasn't sure. But it's two and a half months in and God, and God tells me, reach out. So I reach out and I'm talking to the owner and the owner's telling me how much I need, where exactly he's at, etc. So he needs the last week of your of your contract paid and your first week of your contract paid. Where he's at, I need to get my car legit at this point because my tags are crazy expired. I ain't even been driving my car. My tags are expired. And way out in the suburbs and I need the money to, to even I need to, I need to pay money to make money. I'm really fucking mad now. I need to pay money to make money, but I got to keep going. So I say, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, you'll make a way. Y'all remember it was a Thursday. No, let me back up. It was a Tuesday. And I told the owner of the shop I was at in the hood, I think I need to make some changes, bro. I'm just not not doing like like I need to. It's not it's not working out. And he said I felt it on you and I I understand. I said, "Okay, I appreciate that. I'll let you know as soon as I know something." And so it was that Thursday. I woke up and I said, today, I'm going to let him know. Or some point in that Thursday, I said, I'm going to let him know that I'm, I'm going to move around some. I told the, the owner of the new shop, told me how much I needed. And I got, got it written down. I wrote down exactly. I called the DMV. How much do I need for my car to be right? How much do I need to blah, blah, blah. I wrote it all down on what I needed. Friday comes, that morning, the owner of the old shop says, I got to go to the hospital, my sugar high. Any client that wants you to cut them, cut them. If not, tell them I'm going to get back with them. I said, okay, boss, I pray you okay. You feel better, I got you. All right. I had just so happened to have an, a few clients that, that was coming back to me at this point. And a few of his that I cut. When I tell you God gave me the dollar plus $20 for a bag of weed to celebrate, but gave me what I needed to the T. When I got off work, I sat in that car, counted that. Before I counted that money, I said, Lord, you knew this was my last day and I know you'll make a way. And I counted that money and it was what I need to the T and I cried, y'all. I cried. And I knew then that anything that is supposed to be for me will, will happen. If I do the work and I do it with good intentions and, I, and I'm just true and honest. From that moment on, I knew that God had me no matter what. So, I got my car right. I gave the new owner his money and I went to work. Now, he told me he could double my money. Literally, haircuts cost $20 out here off a of jump. As tradition, he was my first haircut. 
I also had two more haircuts that day. So I made $60 in the first day. He literally doubled my money. I, I, I felt so good. Now, at this time, too, I got a cousin who stays in that same suburb area. So I was, I was able to transition from staying with my homegirl to, to my cousin out of understanding of knowing that it's closer to get back and forth to work, etc. I got to do what I got to do for me. So I'm sleeping on my cousin's couch, making it do what it do. I'm putting in the work. And I'm sitting here again, sitting at the shop, counting my coworkers' money. And I'm asking myself, I'm working with three men that have been doing this 10 plus years, working together 10 plus years at that. Who in the hell finna come to me? On top of that, I heard they hired a woman before and she fucked up so many people's head. They had to let her go. So now I got this extra pressure of like, pressure I put on myself, let me quote. Pressure of, well dang, are they gonna think I'm her? Are they gonna still come to me? So I'm asking myself all this stuff like, why are they gonna come to me? I ain't even from here, so I don't cut like them. Who, 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 who knows me to give me a try? Why? And then I had to re remember who the fuck I am. I asked them same questions a whole nother way. Not why they don't come to me, but why wouldn't they want to come to me? I'm not from here. I'm not from here. So maybe they want a new style. Maybe they not from here either. Maybe they looking for a different style because the Texas way ain't they, the Dallas way ain't they way. Why, who, who, don't, who don't know me? Who They finna find out. I had to start training myself to think differently like, hey, when I go meet these people, when I'm handing out these flyers, maybe they knew the town. So instead of them looking for a barber, let me go give them one. When somebody is is a is a walk-in client before they get a chance to even know who who available, I'm gonna let you know I'm available. You ain't gotta know how long I've been cutting. You ain't gotta know how long I've been at this shop per se. Just know that I'm here to cut your hair. And the confidence that I learned to portray gave them the confidence in me before I even really had the confidence in myself. I learned to portray my confidence better than actually having the confidence. Do y'all hear me? So, I ain't even gonna act like it was all easy because it wasn't. Learning how to change that mind frame from why me instead of why not me, it took time. Instead of sitting there counting the other barbers' money and how many heads they counted, I start listening to the questions they ask so I could get the haircut better. I started asking the barbers, well, what could I do to make my haircuts better? I ain't going to use y'all as an enemy or a competition. I'm going to use y'all as my, my benefit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. If we all eating, ain't nobody upset. Ain't nobody jealous. So you thought. Things are going well. <laughs> what I didn't mention. A week after I was hired, or two weeks after I was hired, the owner of the shop hires another new barber. Y'all, this barber been cutting 20 plus years. 
been cutting 20 plus years and the nigga is from Kansas City. <laughs> I'm devastated all over again. Because instead of why me, we want a new style. They got a nigga that's experienced with a whole nother style. Why, why are they going to come to me when he been doing this long? No, brat. That's not who the hell you are. That's not who the hell you gonna be. I'm younger. Why not a young fresh with this with the hip styles, mug? Why not me? I I can't keep comparing myself to a competition that don't don't exist. The only competition that exists is making myself better, making sure they feel comfortable enough to be in my chair instead of they chair. But if I'm worried about they chair. I ain't focused on how to better my chair. Y'all feeling me? All right. So, instead of worrying about this new barber and the other barbers, I solely concentrate on me. I'm doing decent. No, I'm not making it yet. But in this time period, <laughs> the new barber and I, we're cool. We talking and... We like, bruh, something ain't, ain't working. We also fighting with one of the old barbers who fucked off his clientele somehow. So we're it's like three people fighting for the new walk-ins. Not fighting, but wanting them to be in our chair. So me and the new barber talking about leaving. And what I know is that I got a feeling. I got a sound in my head. I got a feeling in my stomach, in my gut, in my body telling me, don't go nowhere. Just be patient. Just wait. Every time I would talk to another shop or I'm thinking I want to go look at another shop that say they got plenty of walk-ins, they need another barber or something, be like, mm, I ain't really feeling this shop. I told you I'm from Kansas City, so I'm a hustler, right? So I find a shop that was hiring, and it'd be cool. They needed a barber, but again, some told me to wait. Some told me to sit my ass down and be still. I would tell that other new barber that was so rambunctious about leaving. Oh, I've seen this other shop I'm finna talk to. You know, I talked to them. They looking for a barber. I'm thinking about going over there. Yeah, I hustled a little bit. It's, it's all right. It's in me. I don't give a dang. So he ends up leaving. Uh, that was a funny story how that nigga left, but I can't I can't tell how the shop is. But anyway, he ends up leaving, and that day, the next day rather, that he left, my life changed again. And that feeling that told me to just be still, that next day that he wasn't there, I did not stop cutting at all. I stood up and cut from the day I got there to the day I left. Mm. This is called Brand Eye Stories, right? Pause. I want to tell y'all another story that damn near defeat me, okay? And I'm only telling you this again to help you change your perspective. And this is why this made that moment so important. I knew I had to put in the work. So I had been doing what I've been doing since I moved. I created me some flyers on my computer and I went and print them out. And I asked the owner of the shop, yo, you know anywhere I can take these flyers to hand them out? 
And he tells me, yeah, go on and give me one. Let me see. And I give him one. And he says, I'll take you next week up to the college where y'all can hand out flyers. I'm like, bet. He also told me he was going to print me up some more flyers. I'm like, bet. I appreciate that. Do y'all know when he gave me them flyers to hand out when he took me to the college, he added that new barber's number on there? I was sick. It ain't about me hating, but nigga ain't put in no work. This ain't his pictures on, the, on this flyer. This my work on this flyer. I did this. I spent my time all night making this. But I shut the fuck up. Yeah, y'all heard me. I swallowed that one. And me and him went to that college to hand out flyers. And he ain't even hand out no flyers. His old ass didn't even know how to talk to people. His old ass was too scared. I dipped. Dipped on him. Hand out all kind of flyers. Talk to people. I looked like I was one of the students anyway. Shit. I was heartbroken that night, y'all. But I did what I had to do, and I shut the fuck up. But I know people came in asking for the haircut on this flyer. You had to recreate that, that that I did, just because your number was on there. But I ain't let that beat me. What I did was I went somewhere he couldn't go. I got more of my flyers with my number on there. And shout out to the gay community. I went to the gay clubs. And I handed out flyers and cars there. They always love the support. I knew if they was walking in that shop, I knew they was looking for me. I was the only gay face I seen in that shop. Not saying it was a, you know, homophobic shop, but I'm just saying. So the moment he left, the next day, I did not stop cutting. And he went on somewhere else, and I was busy since. And that day, I got home. And before I counted my money, I said, thank you, Lord, for whatever you gave me. I appreciate it. And when I counted my money, it was everything I needed to do what I had to do to get out of debt in places I was in debt in. And it was everything and some. Another $20 for a bag of weed. Thank you, God. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I found God. I'm finding God. And I start listening to myself. I start listening into my intuition on what needs to happen. I'm talking about if, if I didn't know what to wear, and some say wear this, I'll just wear it. I had to stop second-guessing myself. When it, when it came to the point of when I didn't know what to do, just keep doing what I knew to do. And my God was making a way. When I, when I didn't know who to talk to, I just turned on gospel music because I didn't know the questions to ask to be looking for the answers. But the right song would come on and answer it. And these were the subtle things that 
kept showing me that my God was always there. My God was always around. These were the little things that kept taking pebbles from my worry bucket and put in my faith bucket. Every little task, every little test turned to a testimony, turned to another faith obstacle beat. My worry bucket so light, my faith bucket so strong because I took these little lessons and turned them into my blessings. I found God. Boy, I made it about four years good great and then shit got real again not that shit didn't get real in between or amongst the others it definitely did but i guess this is where it was supposed to be a turning point for me my god was showing me it was time for me to grow the shop start having a few issues with walk-ins and communication. And when I tried to be that person, naturally, the woman in me, to fix the problems, I was told I was becoming cancerous to the shop. And that broke me. Anybody that walked in that shop knew my name. Not as an intention, but I, I made it my who I am as an empath, who I am as a person, I want everyone to have a good time and to laugh and be filled with joy. So anybody that walked into that shop had good vibes. 99% of that time I opened that shop and 90% of the time I closed it. So I seen damn near everybody that walked in, through, and about that shop. So when the gentleman told me I was becoming cancerous to the shop, it hurt. But you ever say the wrong thing to the right person or maybe the right thing to the wrong person? I don't know. I don't care. But I know that that told me what I needed to hear. I knew it was time to make a change. Not to mention the shop vibe was starting to change. And I told you, you become a part of the pro you become a product of the environment you in. I didn't want that. I literally had clients that I would recognize would not come to the shop no more because of certain conversations that started going about. But that's another story. All I know is it was time for me to do something different, but I didn't know what. I didn't want to just go to another shop. I didn't want to just, I didn't know how to just start my own big ass shop. I I don't like managing people. I don't want to look for barbers. Hell, I'm watching barbers come in late every goddamn day. No, I don't want that stress. But God puts me on a vacation down to Austin. And this is where I'm still finding God every day. These are my little pebbles from the worry to the faith bucket. But I want you to know, this is where I knew undeniable faith. This is that transition into part three, all right? So I went to vacation to Austin. 
and I loved it. I've been telling my clients in Dallas for since year one, y'all yeah, moving. I don't like it here. I don't know where I'm moving, but I don't like it here. I finally found somewhere I liked. I don't know why I hadn't visited Austin years prior to, and some of my clients were like, you gotta check out Austin, but they ain't tell me I gotta check out Austin. So anyway, I go back two weeks later looking for a barbershop. Like I said, People didn't know, some people knew, but I had tension in the shop. I was ready to be gone, like dipped, okay? And this had to been like August, so you wasn't going to see much of me the rest of that year. On me, that's how much I was ready to go. I went back two weeks later looking for a barbershop, and God gave me the vision to build my own. What? I just told y'all just three weeks ago, I ain't know nothing about owning no barbershop. Now God talking about build one? Yes. I seen this mobile salon and I went and talked to the owner and they were like, they do commission. Now, again, I told you I'm from Kansas City and it's a hustler in me that's like commission. You got me fucked up. You know what I'm saying? If you want commission, how much is this trailer? How much is this little, you know what I'm saying? So I start putting numbers together, doing my little research and I'm like, oh no, I'm pretty handy with my hands. I can figure something out now. You know what I'm saying? I can build this. So... I went back and I started looking for my own thing to build in. And I those little cargo, you know, like uh, trailers that you would get at a concession stand at a racetrack. I mean, a track meet or something. Those things were a couple grand. Put a hole in it for a window and a hole for some AC. Oh, psh, done. Even if I can't do it, I could pay to get that done. So... But then I'm like, nah, Brad, I need something more than a box, da-da-da-da. So that's how I came up with the Airstream. I seen one, and I'm like, boom, personality. So I'm like, let me get me one of them. And as I, it's a month later, and I found it. I ain't never in my life trailed nothing that big around nowhere. So I grabbed me, no, let me tell y'all. The day before I'm supposed to go get this RV, this Airstream, might I mention it's four hours away in Arkansas. The day before, my truck gives out, and I don't know what's wrong. Do I let that get me down? Yes, for 10 minutes. And then I call U-Haul to go pick up a truck, because I'm going to get my motherfucking trailer, okay? Hello? I get my trailer. I get my girlfriend at the time, and I get my dog, and we go. And we drive down to Arkansas. And the day we get there, it was supposed to be a one-day turnaround trip. We get there, and I ain't even look. But the trailer I had didn't have no hitch. So we get a hotel room so we can get another trailer the next morning. It was supposed to have a hitch, but I didn't double check. So the next morning we get up and we go to the u-haul place and i gotta get a bigger u-haul the biggest one they have mind you i'm about to pull a 31 foot trailer behind this big ass u-haul and i have never never what never pulled a trailer so but there's a will there's a way and god is good all the time and all the time god is good and i kept finding good things in this so i kept going so, yes, me and my girlfriend at the time getting to it. So it's attitude all the way home. We're irritated, but I do get the RV and I do get it home. Thank you, God. So I get it to my mechanic shop and I'm ready to go. 
at this point, the hardest part is done. And that's starting. I started. So I changed my schedule up and I'm at work. And maybe 10 people for this next 14 month period knew what I was doing. Something told me, don't tell everybody your business. Let me say that again. Something told me, don't tell everybody your business. Some people will project their fears on you. Some people don't want to see you do good. Some people want to see you do good, just not better than them. Did I mention some people will project their fears on you? Some people will tell you how stupid it sounds just because they don't understand it, a.k.a. projecting their fears on you. Some, Listen, the city of Dallas, if I said, y'all, I'm about to build a barbershop and a trailer, what would they have really said? I mean, I'll tell you what I heard. In a trailer? I ain't get no haircut in a trailer. What kind of fuck shit is that? Whatever. But I just seen it work with my own two eyes. I'm invested at this point. So, I didn't tell people my business. I told the ones that I that needed to know and the ones that I felt truly supported anything that I did. Understood the bigger vision. Even some of the main ones I worked with. Some of them I felt would have supported me. But then it would have been open conversation. And I... For what? I don't need that. So anyway... I would work and go work on the trailer. I would work on the trailer and use my credit cards to pay for all the materials that we needed to build. And then I would go work long hours to pay off that credit card. And then I would use it again to pay for what I needed. And then I would work to pay off that credit card. 14 months of doing this. I thought I was going to be gone from that shop three months. Excuse me. After finding that. RV, y'all. Uh, three months, but it took me 14 months of being calm and be, not letting people know my next move and just doing what I had to do. Oh, was I acting funny, they said. I was different. I was focused. That's what I was. So, uh, 14 months later, and we got it done. About 12 months in, it was October, and my sister said she's having a Halloween party. And I knew I was about done. So I told myself, I'm going to shoot down to Houston for my sister's party. I'm going to run over to Austin, and I'm going to see if I can either find a place to live or find somewhere to park my RV. If I can get one of these stresses off of me, one of these unknowings off of me, I can get another one off of me, a releasing that I'm leaving. But... I have to have some something secure for myself, okay? So, we do the circle. And I, I think ahead. I knew that I had a dog that had restrictions. I have a beautiful pit bull, if you don't know. And he's 90 pounds. So, I found a realtor. I found a realtor that will find places that accepted his breed so that I had a list to go to while I was here to make it productive. I found a place and the lady was so pressed for making a deal that she offered me 
an extra deal and a deal I couldn't resist. It was also right around the area that I visit. So I already love the area, you know? So I'm like, bet, this is good. I'll take it. So I, re I, I secured a place for me to live. So after I secured that, I decided I would let people know I was moving. So I did. I said, I want y'all to know at the end of the year, I will be moving. This is two months notice that I am moving. I knew that I was done with that shop. I had outgrown it and the people. I knew that I had outgrown Dallas. I knew that it was time for me to do something more with myself. Did I mention, I didn't know anyone in Austin. All right, let's just keep that in mind. So I signed my lease for December. So from Halloween, that's November. I signed my lease for December. So it's the beginning of December. And one of the barbers that I worked with that knew the plan the whole time helped me pack up my place to move it down to Austin. So we get it all done and we're on our way to get something to eat. And I might not add real quick that when I came and visit Austin, I manifested being able to, I, I seen everybody on their bicycles. I manifested being able to ride my bicycle to work, having my dog with me at work. Cause Austin is a very pet friendly place. If you didn't know, I manifested this lifestyle that I foreseed out of just being at peace, including my weed. So as me and my, my homie are riding and look for something to eat. I come across this food truck lot that has for lease on it. And my common sense mind told me, well, it's a food truck lot for lease, not for sale. Let me call the number. Long story short, boom, baby. I got a spot to put my RV. So not only do I have a place to live, I have a place to work. What, 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 what? Yeah, sound good, right? I also got rent for my house, rent for my shop, and I'm still paying my granny mortgage at this point. Y'all, I don't know no one in Austin. I have no clients. I am starting all the way over with debt already on bills. Like, who the fuck does that? Me. That's who. Why? Because when I was in Dallas, God showed me anything that was for 